Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Business of Fun podcast. It is me, your host with the most, Dave Wakeman. Thank you for being here. My guest today is Dan Rossetti. He is the founder of Ascension Sports. That Dan is in the recruiting game. So we talk about jobs and we talk about uh, how sports is bouncing back. We talk about changes in the hiring practices around the industry. But before I talk more about Dan and we get to the conversation, I want you to um, I want to let everybody know I'm working through a process of creating a cohort based course on pricing Uh, in the links for the show notes today um, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, in the Talking Tickets newsletter. You can find a link to a form that's four questions and it will take you to fill out your interest for the pricing course. It's called Set the Right Effin Price. Okay. I'm working in partnership with Maven, the company that helped um, Scott Galloway in Section 4 create all of his great courses, the mini um, Seth Godin's mini MBA course, all these things. Uh, The first thing I need to do, though, is understand if there is demand for a pricing course. That's why I'm asking you to take a moment to fill out these four questions and let me know if you'd be interested in learning more about this course when it goes live. So check that out in the links. There is a link tree link at the bottom of the show notes today has everything. And there is another link. It'll help get the talking tickets newsletter, talkingtickets.substack.com. I've switched it up a little bit to make it more actionable, more valuable. Also easier for me to produce talkingtickets.substack.com. Make sure you check out my friends at Booking Protect. We are working on a brand new ebook that we are hoping to launch around the time of Intix. It's called, um, the road to recovery and it's going to focus on uh, lessons learned changes made innovations created due to the pandemic something uh, positive to focus on coming out of this thing i will be at intix with the folks from booking protect we are working on maybe hosting some podcast episodes in the booth uh if we're able to get the white couch it's going to be amazing and that'll be great so let me know if you're going to be at intix uh, dave at davewakeman.com Back to Dan Rossetti. So Dan caught me uh, on the way up an escalator at Ticket Summit in Vegas in August, and we got to talking about the changes in the industry, what we thought people had learned, what maybe lessons had not been learned. We talked about it a lot, and I said, you know, we should probably do this thing on a podcast because we're wasting a lot of really good material here uh, in the air of Vegas. So I got Dan on the podcast, and we talked about all kinds of stuff. We talked about what it's like to be a young uh, candidate right now, we talked about um, you know what the percentage of jobs in sports and entertainment really are, uh, with like really about five or six percent coming from uh, teams and ninety four percent being somewhere else in the world of entertainment. We talked about is there still a surplus of candidates? Uh, we talked about the Great Resignation. We and we highlighted an article that John Wall Street's newsletter um, put together recently talking about the Great Resi- Resignation. Uh, and how it's harder to fill these um, entry-level roles. And, you know, we got into kind of some of I told some jokes, no surprise. But we talked about, like, things like phone crushing or needlessly hiring inside sales reps who really have no opportunity to develop skills that will help them going forward. We talked about the stupid-ass championship belts um, and some of the other ridiculous things that you already see return on LinkedIn. Um, we talked about digital skills, digital tactics. We talked about the struggle of strategy and tactics with next generation thinkers, uh, new techniques, new ideas, uh, where things are working, where things are not. This is a really I th- interesting conversation, especially if you're like thinking about the job market or if you're new to the career. Um, if you're looking at whether or not sports business or entertainment business might be for you, I think Dan brings a lot of really good insights. It's a really great conversation, and I hope you dig it. So here's my conversation with Dan Rossetti on The Business of Fun. So I want to welcome Dan Rossetti from Ascension Sports Partners to The Business of Fun podcast. Dan, how's it going? Great, Dave. How are you today? Oh, man, I'm good. I see you're in the, the beautiful co-hatch podcasting room you are giving me more respect than i deserve today this is great 
I wanted to make sure that I gave you my full attention that we weren't distracted by anywhere else, you know, anyone else here in the uh, in the office facility here. Although I should have chosen a room here uh, that uh, had a beautiful look outside because it is gorgeous here in Cincinnati today outside of the 32 degree weather. But the sun is shining. We'll take it. Right. I was going to say you people can't see this because they don't see the video version of this. But then every so often I change my background. So you had like little balls bouncing and like the universe. Uh, eventually, I, and now you got my bookshelf, which is yeah. total virtue signaling. And then, you know, so I'll keep changing them. So if people hear <laughs> laughter. It'll be because I like put some stupid picture behind me for Dan. So it's great. But Very good. I'm really I'm really uh thankful for you to be here today. Um, you know, we had a chance to catch up at the ALSD in Vegas. Um, we were talking about like, there's like some stuff that we wanted to talk about just around the job market. You started a new business, which I will ask you about in a moment. Um, you know, and, and it's really just a good time because I think as more events come online, uh, you mostly focus on sports, but I think some of the stuff that we're going to talk about and highlight applies in sports, it applies in concerts, it applies in all sorts of things. And actually, when we were chatting before, you actually gave me a good stat that I can use to uh, open the conversation, which was that 6% of the jobs in sports and entertainment are really with teams and 94% are in all these other areas. So that makes you like a really good resource to talk about this uh, idea of look of job searches and like skills and everything from a um, complete and comprehensive standpoint for everybody. So don't tune out just yet. Uh, <laughs> Oh, did I nail? I nailed the stat, right? Like that's pretty yeah, you good. Did. Like, you did. That was great for sugar scratch down here. So, what is the current job market right now? I hear about this great recession or not great resignation thing, and then I hear about like kids just don't want to work, and I hear about um, and then I hear like nasty stuff about me, but I think that was a different conversation. Oh, never mind. Uh, but so, what is what what's really going on right now? You know, I think we're coming back from i mean there's no there's no way to sugarcoat it dave that last year and you know the, the year of the pandemic it was hard on a lot of people and it was hard on a lot of people that worked intimately within the industry within sports that worked for teams that worked around events doesn't even need to be you know sports specific but just somebody around events um last year was hard and we're we're climbing back out and i think there's been a you know, a correction of all the people that, you know, may have been furloughed or they're lost their jobs or, you know, downsized uh, from last year. There has been a correction and this year has come back. There has been a bounce back. I'd like to think that most of the conversations that I've had with organizations, they're not just hiring to hire right now, which is nice to hear. I think there's a little bit of strategy. I think this woke up a lot of organizations that do we really need that you know, 30th inside salesperson versus, you know, finding, you know, 20 really good ones, you know, and, and having just, you know, kind of that 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 standard, hey, I'm just going to, you know, lose some anyway by attrition. Um, so I think they're, they're, you know, organizations are becoming smarter about what they're looking for um, in identifying the, the the roles that are important to them as they come back and bounce back from the pandemic. But it's still tough. I mean, you know, there was a there was a great article the other day. I don't know if you read it uh, in Sportico uh, about that great resignation that, you know, some of the some of the higher level jobs haven't been affected maybe as as much as where we're really seeing this is in the the kind of the lower to mid level jobs right now. So you would say probably one hundred thousand dollar jobs and under to where, you know, they're having, you know, clients are having a tough time finding those candidates to fill those roles. Candidates are having a hard time, you know, kind of, uh, you know, finding the right fit. I mean, it's it's kind of a culmination and, and it's coming to a head of, you know, there's a lot of changes that need to take place in our business and in our industry. We joked about it beforehand, but, you know, this is kind of a, you know, this is a perfect storm of, you know, the sports industry, sports entertainment industry really kind of looking at itself in the mirror and realizing what do we want to be? You know, how do we want to approach this moving forward? Because I, I'm I'm pretty certain the ways we've been able to do it in the past are just not going to keep us thriving in the future. You know, I, I think we're going to lose out on a lot of great candidates because ultimately they're just going to go into other industries and they're just going to go elsewhere because mm -hmm. we're not really giving them what they should have to be successful in our in our in our business. So let me get this straight. Let me uh, tell me if I'm if I'm wrong. So if you 
if you pay kids less than like their peers in other industries, if you make them work harder than peers in their other industry uh, for more hours, you give them less technology and like less uh, less effective technology than their peers in other industries, uh, and you don't give train them and give them the skills that they need to be successful throughout life. That's not a formula for success. <laughs> I don't know of any industry that's you know will, will continue to thrive in that. I mean, it, you know we've you know we've been spoiled in our in our business, and, and we've both been in it for you know a number of years. Not to date ourselves here, um, you know we've both been in it long enough to where, look, we've we've gotten by by demand, you know, kind of having a surplus mm-hmm. of candidates. Like we could literally, you know, I, I used to use the stat of. Companies, you, you know, could look at a candidate and say, look, if you don't want this job, I have a thousand people outside my door that are be more than willing to take that job. Mm-hmm. And it's just that is catching up with us because I think there's a kind of a, a confluence or a kind of a, you know, as far as uh, thinking goes that we can't be like that anymore with how we go and attract talent. Because if you want to get the best candidates in your organization, they're not going to come just because it's sports anymore. Like, I think you're going to get some, but like they want something more than that. And, you know, from a candidate perspective, you know, you you can be a little pickier as you go out there because Mm -hmm. there are opportunities. You just you have to, you know, you have to show your wares and what you you know, it really comes down to. I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, kind of going off on a little tangent here but you like can go off on all the tangents you want to it's totally fine this is yeah, you uh, can edit all these not a tangent no. no this is not a tangent free zone this is <laughs> a tangent pro zone it comes very it comes down very simply if you're a client you know if you're a hiring company you have to give me as a candidate a reason to want to work in your organization now if i'm a candidate you have to show why I am the right candidate and give the organization a reason to hire me as opposed to everybody else. It really, at the end of the day, Dave, it comes down to those two simple concepts and the ones who understand that the best are the ones who are ultimately going to end up succeeding in this. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And uh, and I have one more joke I'm going to make yeah. uh, and then we'll, t- we'll move on to more serious things because I, I'm only joking about this uh, because I find that sometimes you have to really highlight the absurd Mm-hmm. nature of some of this stuff with jokes to get it get the point across um but okay so the final joke here or probably, there'll probably be other jokes but there's yeah. only on this topic uh so are you telling me that posting about your championship belt on linkedin is not going to continue to be a w- real way of like motivating your staff is that is that, <laughs> is that over or is that going to continue that is correct instead of That's- paying <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, the championship belt does not unfortunately pay a lot of bills, I think, nowadays, <laughs> you know, in cachet. Um, you know, I mean, and, and and look, there is there is an allure to that and there is something to wanting to be part of that. And that is exciting. And, you know, I mean, for people in some other industries that I won't, you know, that I won't mention. But like for me, I would I always I always remind myself that, you know, I, I, I think back to the the John Lovitz line in A League of Their Own that you know he's talking to the individual on the train and he looks at that individual and says if i had your job i'd shoot myself you know i mean so there are there you know i mean like there are other you know, there are other industries where I, I just i couldn't do it and i love what i do and i love being in the industry that i am and i realize that i sacrifice other things because i want to be able to talk sports and entertainment all the time like this mm-hmm. is what i love to do i love talking with people i love getting to know people i love helping people um so that's what i love to do um but i i, I don't think that's gonna you know i think that allure of people working for the you know the local hometown team because they're from here it's just not going to cut it moving forward like we need to be better you know mm-hmm. we, we need to be better as an industry to to, to understand what the the next generation is looking for and is going to help them succeed and really get the most out of them because this next generation they are i mean you know they are smart they are more mm-hmm. technically savvy they are you know they do come in with fresh ways of of how we approach uh you know common problems and it's our job to help extract that from them that to get the best out of them that we can yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's absolutely true. And I think the challenge is really like moving past like the platitudes and, you know, the shows of, uh, oh, look at our team, look at our excitement. They have to move on to like real fundamental things. Right. Like and that's is this going to be a great place for a kid to, you know, or kid or adult? I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, you, you know, it, 
it should be a great spot for everybody to work, right? It should be about growth. It should be about achieving your potential, about fulfilling your goals, right? Because, I mean, that's just like, if not, somebody else will give you the opportunity. It's it's just, it's true. Uh, but one thing, you know, now that I'm done making jokes at the expense of all this stuff, I did one thing you did mention was the talk about teams being more strategic in the way that they're hiring. And I'm curious because you, you you specifically pointed out the inside sales teams, which have been a um, longstanding butt of many of my jokes as well. Um, be, just because the size of them doesn't necessarily, you know, they're so big. It, no one would ever say this, but you can tell it just from the way that it happens. Is that like, hey, we don't mind worrying about bringing in 100 kids because if, and only one of them sticks because there's 99 more that will fill those other seats. Um, are you seeing some of these sales and marketing practices, some of the, the revenue generating practices change, uh, you know, or in other skills areas? Like, are you seeing the, the skills that people are looking for change? Um, you know, is there a disconnect between the skills that the people are bringing to the industry now disconnected from what the industry thinks it needs or vice versa? Yeah, I don't know yeah. if I asked a good question or. or yeah, like no, I mean, I think I, th- I think I think I got the key points of what you were trying to get across there. Um, and I'll do my best to answer them. So I think, you know, organizations are, you know, I, I think the need for those sales roles are always going to be there just because that, that is just, you know, I mean, like that is just the, the core of our, our of our industry and mm-hmm. in, in trying to to garner, you know, whether it is ticket sales or group sales or, you know, any of those things. I think that is going to be still a key component, but I think it's, you know, we joked about it earlier about working smarter, not harder. Um, you know, I mean, I think there are ways to to, to leverage maybe some new techniques and new tactics that will get you a better candidate so that you don't have to take a shotgun approach and hope that someone sticks. Um, You know, I tell candidates all the time when they're job searching to kind of flip this a little bit. Um, I'm a big believer in in an analogy that, you know, as as you go on your career search, um, you know, a lot of people will tell you to look at the wide mouth of the funnel. And, you know, why wouldn't you? There are more jobs, more locations, there's more, you know, and there's just there's more things where I tend to be a flip your funnel kind of guy to where start narrow and then expand out because we all have certain parameters that we put on our life, whether it's family, location, significant other, just Mm -hmm. desire to stay in a location. I mean, whatever it is, start there and really kind of exhaust all of that. And it's the same could be said for, you know, for hiring practices of why wouldn't you want to hire 10 really good people and spend a little more time than trying to retain, you know, kind of uh, hire 30 people knowing that only 10 will stay. Um, you know, I mean, and, and knowing, you know, just because it just doesn't seem like it's conducive to, you know, to me, at least uh, to hiring, uh, you know, those kinds of those kinds of folks and finding the burnout rate versus really mm-hmm. investing on 10 people that you can focus on and help yeah. make them the best that they can be that ultimately will help better your department. But again, I, I, I understand this is a this is a, almost like a long, you know, this is a, a long, a marathon, you know, I mean, it's not a sprint. Like, I mean, we are changing the philosophy, you know, I'm suggesting a change that doesn't happen overnight, but it is mm-hmm. something to start thinking about as this. As far as other roles go, I mean, I think, you know, with the evolution of social media and digital media and digital marketing, um, you're starting to see a lot of more, you know, a lot more emphasis on that um, of, of roles that are come up that five years ago, probably weren't as prevalent or seven years ago, weren't as prevalent. Um, just because we need, you know, we need the new thinkers and we need the next generation to help kind of take, you know, kind of reach the next, you know, reach that next generation of consumer. You know, I mean, that's why some sports you see, you know, as you read about struggle, maybe sometimes getting that that next generation of, of fan or next generation of buyer, because they're not speaking to them. You know, I mean, and, and, and the older generations are not necessarily, um, you know, investing times. Look, I've, I have two daughters and I'm busy. You know, I mean, I, I love sports, but I'm busy driving them around to lacrosse and swimming and, you know, I mean, and in, in, in choir and, and doing everything else to where my days of like when I think about my parents, when they took me, my father would take me to I grew up in Atlanta, Dave. So I'm a you know, I'm a I'm a, I'm a Braves fan, World Series um, you know, I, you know, I, I, you know, going to games, he would always take time to go do that. 
but I just, I, I feel like our schedules got so busy that it's just, you know, I mean, like we've, we've got to come up with easier ways to do that. I remember um, it was so earth shattering. I forget however many years ago, there was an article in the sports business journal. I think it was, I think it was Dr. Sutton that, you know, Bill Sutton that had come up with mm-hmm. and said that using LinkedIn for the sales team, like, you know, and that was such a novel concept that, you know, somebody would be very specific in their outreach and, you you know, not just picking up the phone and making calls um, that, you know, I mean, like it's going to continue to change and it's going to, you know, it's going to have to continue to change. So, and we're going to need to find people who can do that. We need to find candidates that can adapt with that as well. So. Yeah, no, no um, you know, of all the people who teach at these um, sports business schools, uh, Dr. Sutton is like definitely someone I, I've had a chance to like learn a tremendous amount from. Uh, and, and this, his, you know, the LinkedIn thing just highlights though that the solutions are there and they're usually not very complicated though. And it's just like really like um, an idea that I end up pushing a lot, right? Which is um, you got to be, and I use the business school term of market orientation, right? Which is like really just going like, I don't know the answer to a thing, but I do know how to go find it, right? And most of the time that's by going and talking to the customer. And, you know, and it's still something that I, I see is sorely lacking in so many organizations. And this is across, this is not just sports specific, this is across everybody, right? Because I, um, my business uh, school teacher uh, said, oh, you know, you have the executive that comes out and he loosens the tie and he goes, I'm going to tell you exactly what the customer wants. And it still happens um, every everywhere. And it's unfortunate. Um, but when you're talking about some of these things that are like different and um, is there stuff that you're seeing that's for better or for worse, still largely the same? As far as uh, like practices, would you say just yeah. general practices? Yeah, just general practices. Like, stu- you know, because and I'll, I'll frame it a little bit better, Get put, put a little context on it, which is um, – you know, like this was a, a time of tremendous disruption and a tremendous uh, uncertainty. And a lot of places, it seemed like they, they were, everybody was in a rush to get back to quote unquote normal mm-hmm. um, and, and for better or for worse. And, you know, have you seen a lot of stuff that like either for better or for worse has stayed largely the same? Yeah, I think, you know, and it kind of it touches on a little bit, you know, of 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 earlier in our discussion about, you know, one of my biggest things right now that I, I, I try and implore and work with my my clients with is, and that I see is that sometimes like we've got to do better of, of branding the job and branding the opportunities at the job and branding, you know, we have to sell. You know what I mean? Like we as a company, mm-hmm. I mean, like I'm, I'm responsible. I mean, as myself going and sell, you know, my job is to be a direct brand extension for my clients and sell the opportunity and sell this, 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 you know, this, uh, this position with, with a company, and then you get to the next level. And I, you know, in, in working in conjunction with them, like I need that piece to then sell. And I think I've heard too many stories from candidates that are frustrated, not just, you know, this isn't my searches, but you know, with, with just out there in the industry, as I talk with people, that are just frustrated because I think there's still a notion that, you know, it's a, I don't want to say it's a privilege that you're interviewing with us, but like, you know, they, they don't, they don't sell their position as well as they could mm-hmm. about the upside and opportunity and, and everything you get to do. And it's not just about, I mean, there's tons of articles out there now that say, you know, it's not about gene Friday. It's not about donut Tuesday. I mean, like, we all are under this perception that, you know, the next generation, like that's what's important to them. No, it's really, you know, I mean, like it's really not. I mean, it's more important that they can grow. They have a manager and a leader who is going to listen to them, who is going to want to listen to them and have and allow them to bring ideas uh, to the table and that they're going to actually listen, you know, maybe <laughs> act on them from time to time. Um, like those are things that need to be sold when you're selling an opportunity. And I think we're still not there. I think we still, you know, just because there are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people who are, you know, caught up in, I think there's this, you know, belief that because of all these people that are out there looking for jobs, mm-hmm. that the, you're, you know, that everybody would take your job. No, I mean, there's a lot of great people that I've, 
you know, I've talked to and tried to recruit for my jobs who ultimately they just didn't want that job. I mean, like you have to you have to give them a value proposition of why it's important to come work at my company versus the place that you are now. And I think organizations, I I think a lot of them don't maybe they, you know, they, they don't know what they, you know, what their offer is. You know, I mean, like they truly don't know. I mean, and I think it goes back to you, you touched, uh, you know, you mentioned it earlier of, um, I think you were joking on it of, you know, I, I think it starts at the top, but I think it trickles down to where the managers who are hiring, they don't know what to say because they were just maybe salespeople that just got placed into management because they were very good at sales. I mean, I look back at my you know, I look back at my career when I first started, I, I worked for an IT staffing and recruiting company, um, a very large one. And how you got promoted in the business was I was really good at recruiting. And so my next evolution was, oh, well, you must be really good at managing. And you've got two or three recruiters to work underneath you. I had never managed before and I never had anybody teach me how to manage that before and manage and train and and get people learn. You know, I kind of had to learn on you know kind of on the go and got thrown into the fire and sometimes i succeeded and sometimes i didn't because i just i didn't have that learning and i think that that is still true today to where we're you know the you know people don't want to know what's maybe not what you know what's right with right or wrong with their organization until it kind of hits them or why aren't we getting people involved or why aren't we getting people hired for these roles well sometimes the introspection that they want to do they don't want to see the answers like they don't want to know mm-hmm. the answers of we're not doing really well with our right. people, you know, internally. And that's 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 a hard that's a hard topic to cover. But like, I mean, it, it starts it's there. Essential. Yeah, totally it starts essential. there, you know, to make sure that you understand really what are we good at? Why are we you know, why are people staying here working at our company? Why aren't they? Why are they leaving? I mean, these are just questions that I think sometimes slip through the cracks. I think there's a lot of organizations to do a good job of that. But I think there's a there's still a you know there's still a good number that maybe could improve on that. Oh yeah, and this idea of uh, the the branding that goes to the outside world is just as important as the internal branding. And I you saw me laughing because I have a list that I can't find right here on my desk somewhere because I was I've been um, you know I'd probably be more of a marketing and branding person than anything else these days. Uh, but I had a list of reasons why the way you market and brand your jobs and your your culture of the company that you work for is just as important and includes a short list. It's not comprehensive, but I will probably put this in the Talking Tickets newsletter on Friday when I release this, is like you get better candidates. They stay longer. You usually have to pay them less. They usually are, are able to attract even better uh, mm-hmm. candidates for you in the future. I mean, the list of reasons to do to think through this is, is just it probably is infinite. If you yeah. keep digging and you're absolutely right when it comes to the idea of people don't want to know the answer. Right. Because if I dig around, because every time I start a project with somebody, I go, well, let's look at the research. Right. What research? Have you done? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am like yeah. a broken record on this research thing. And, you know, people get frustrated with me. They're like, well, can't you just give me the answer? And I go, see, you're assuming that my that like I have all these answers because of. You know, you've seen me uh, all these years and I go, the reason I have all these answers is because every project is unique. And I look at the, I follow the process and the process begins with research. And the challenge with the research is that you might find something that you don't like. And it's as important to understand what's working as it is to understand what's not working. You yeah. can't have one without the other, you know, like. I definitely heavily weigh the stuff, like you know, like when I'm talking about a brand of loyalist over like some of the detractors. But I still know exactly what people hate, right? Because that's like I'm, I, we're gonna fight that off, and we're gonna over, pave over that by fixing it, and then building off of the stuff that people love. It's the same for when you're hi- like hiring somebody. It's like yeah. if you have a problem where like the hours are too long, address it. Then. What do people love about it? Well, they love this, this, and this. All right, so we fix we'll fix the hour thing. You you might never get it to where you're like when there's like a 35 hour or 40 hour work week, but you might be able to make it more manageable, um, you know. And then you can build off of it because it's typically fun, right? It's typically pretty exciting. It's typically it can be pretty um, great for your career if you use it well because it allows you to open doors with like in your business community. So that that could be great. I mean, there's a ton, again. Thousands and thousands of ways that these things are valuable to people. So, well, I mean, uh, I think, you know, to, sorry to interject, but, you know, no, I, you're great. You know, I think, I think to, you know, kind of to, to piggyback off of this, 
is this whole conversation of like work from home. You know what I mean? And it's the same thing that I think, you know, I think organizations, they have to really do their homework on is, you know, I mean, what is the right mix? You know, I think the days of fully expecting now, I mean, we are an industry that look, you have to be in, you know what I mean? Like you have to be in office from time to time. I mean, it's, it's a sporting event. You have to, you know, you can't just watch it from home and, and be, you know, have someone walking around with a, you know, a GoPro or a video mm-hmm. camera and, and and you being able to handle these things. I mean, we are, a, you know, a hospitality driven industry. So there is a, you know, you have to be there. But I think it just starts from understanding that it's not just as simple as saying, yeah, again, you know, I mean, it may be as simple as just Fridays from home, you know, I mean, or, you know, anything like that. But you have to understand why it's important to your employees and why you'll get Mm -hmm. more from them when you do this, as opposed to just kind of, you know, kind of dictating to them, this is how it's going to be. Take it or leave it. You know what I mean? This is how we've always done this. This is how we've always done this. It's to me, and this, I'm curious how you feel about this because, you know, it's always marketed as a privilege, but it kind of goes back to the larger thing about, you know, how are we hiring? How are we managing? How are we just handling the business, right? Because to me, this really is the work from home argument, which is probably going to be super important going forward, is really about managing the entire process, right? Because let's be real, the only because of the pandemic do we realize how ridiculous like the commute yeah. <laughs> often was. And, and the thing about it is, is like most of how much stuff is busy work that like you don't get as much done as you would if you i mean i've of course been working from home for 15 or 16 uh, for a long i don't even remember now i can't count that high um (laughs) you know but you know schedule like maker day you know i think it's like maker and meeting days or something like this where it's like on the meeting days yeah maybe twice a week people come into the office right and you know in the off season or something and then the other three days it's like you manage spec on outcomes Right. Because, again, like using the inside sales example, because it's like pretty much lays it out pretty clearly. There's nothing in the world that tell that, that point. There's no piece of data that I've ever seen. And how old am I now? Uh, too old to tell on the thing. Let's say 25 years of being around. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That I like sh- that number. I like that number. Yeah. Here. yeah. yeah th- we'll stick that with that one. That's yeah. the one we'll stick with that. You know, 100 cold calls a day, you know, that is going to. uh got to make you know make you successful most of the most successful salespeople i know they don't necessarily worry about the activity per se right in that regard you know they they have a process that they follow and they focus on the outcomes that they're trying to achieve right you know for me and this is like i'll peel back the layer on dave here i try to meet 100 uh, decision makers every year right that's it two a week uh, you know so do i need to cold call a thousand times a day to hit, hit that no absolutely not i don't need to do that and so i think it, it becomes like you have to think through the job right and you have to understand what are the outcomes i'm trying to achieve and then hire for the skills and trust that people will achieve those things and so then that makes that work from home thing or like some of these other like you know, relics uh, of the past fall away because you go eh, you know if I can't trust the person to do this job and achieve these outcomes, they weren't the right person no matter what I did. A hundred percent. I've used that line multiple times over my, you know, the last couple of years of yeah. if you can't trust someone to work at home, you know, you know, on a day off or two days and they say they're going to, then you didn't hire the right person. You know what I mean? Like if, if you, if you truly, so I, I a hundred percent agree with you there. And, you know, and again, I think it, it, it takes, I think the understanding is this isn't an overnight, hey, I flipped the switch and now everything's working great because I think there's a lot of companies and organizations that they're not there yet. I think they're trying to sustain themselves, you know, internally of the practices and processes and making sure everything is 100% correct because if you don't have that structure in place, then even letting people work from home, it's not going to be successful, but you just have to start looking into it and saying, okay, what's important to my team and what's going to get the most out of my team. And maybe, and you know what, you may be one of those outliers that your team says, you know, I like coming in the office because I want to be part of the team and see them all. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. But it starts with just doing the whole, you know, kind of doing the research internally to say what's important and what's, you know, what's going to get the most out of my team in place. Yeah. That's exactly, I think that's absolutely right because there's tons of people I know who go like, I'm glad to be able to go back because I just need that separation, which Again, 
data and research. Yeah. Like totally data. Those transitions are extremely valuable, right? So it's like uh, I know a guy called Martin Lindstrom who did a bunch of research on this. I think it came out. He's written a couple of really great books. I think Small Data is the book that this came out in. Okay. Uh, but he talked about the transition and about how he even like, you know, like me, you know, he has an office at his apartment. And so the transition, he will change into all black when he's working. And like, you know, just so he's when he's working, it's clear in his head that there is a transition going on. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I can just do whatever anyway, right? Because most of the, my my thinking and walk uh, happens on walks around the neighborhood. Yeah. So as long as I have shorts and t-shirts on, it doesn't matter. But you know, you you, you have to know, and you can't. There's no one size fits all for management. I think is the key. Well, that's but maybe right. I'm wrong. Yeah, no, I think I think you're 100 correct. And I mean, and I think we have to realize this generation that's coming out, like the 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 soon to be college graduates and and so forth. Look. They've spent probably a year and a half doing things online. You know what I mean? Like they that that is mm-hmm. their life. I mean, this is who they are, and this is what they've done. I mean, the, the days of you know the eight a.m. class where they're there and working in projects. I mean, it just it's kind of you know it's it's not been there as much just due to circumstances outside of everybody's control, which also means they're more comfortable. They are more mm-hmm. comfortable with doing things online and having meetings and getting together with your team over Microsoft Teams or, you know, over Google Meet or, you know, whatever the case may be. But like they are more comfortable with that. So you're not you're not having to, you know, kind of, you know, you know, start, you know, reinvent the wheel with this next generation that's coming out. Like they're comfortable with using technology to get their work done. And and that probably sounds scary to people. So let's flip it for them and go like this. Go if people can achieve the same or more and they are remote or then doesn't that mean that you can also expand your talent pool? So that means it gives you greater opportunity to bring in the best person. I mean, yep. let's look at the flip around, look at the bright side. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, I'm Mr. Yeah, bright um, side over here, Dan, I'm Mr. You're Mr. Bright side, just like the killers. You're like Mr. Bright side. <laughs> they wait. So yeah, exactly. Now, all right, so let me let me ask you this then. So for you personally, right, and this could be professional, um, personal, whatever. You don't you can run free with this question here. Like, can you give me two or three lessons that you learned from the pandemic, or, or like thing like priorities, thing you know, things that like the pandemic cleared up for you? Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think, spring it so you don't get like a chance to prepare too. So I can see. Yeah, what really no matters. kidding. I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm looking at my 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 cohatch wall across from me, and you know, blank wall, and you know, in my mind. But you know, I think the first thing that it really stressed to me was adaptability and mm-hmm. having to you know really come up with some creative ideas because. You know, all kidding aside, I mean, you know, last year was a very tough year for most people who were in the executive search world, just because a lot of organizations were not in a position to where they were hiring lots and lots of folks. Um, It was the opposite. So I had to adjust. I had to adapt. I had to figure out, all right, what can I do to keep my name out there and come up with some things? So I, you know, I at that time, that's when I come up with a, a, a career coaching line of business, uh, uh, an interview preparation coaching line of business that, you know, for anybody that was in that position, um, you know, that they had a resource that was more than just a a 20 minute phone call that I could really sit down and, and pinpoint and work with them to say, this is where we need to expand on this. This is where you need to work on your resume. This is where you need to work on your branding and your LinkedIn profile. Um, you know, if it's if it was interview, you know, interview coaching, okay, how would you answer this question? How, let me hear you go through your selling points of why this is important. So I think it taught me uh, a very good lesson in adaptability that I had to um, to go about and, and figure other ways that I could, you know, kind of drive revenue and just kind of keep my name out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of another one. Uh, you know, I think it really, it really allowed me to to focus on what was important to me. And I think I'm still trying to go through this of identifying, you know, I think there was a point at the beginning of the, the pandemic, I was trying to be a little bit of everything to everyone. You know, I mean, of, mm-hmm. oh, let's do coaching, let's do search, let's do, I was doing outplacement, let's do, you know, I mean, like there were just too many things because being a, you know, and you've done this for a while, a serial entrepreneur, you know, I mean, I just, I, I keep having ideas, 
but I think I really needed to focus in. So this the pandemic allowed me to, to try some things to, you know, kind of figure out where my strengths were and what I was going to be able to really focus in on moving forward. And that's not to say that in another year or two, there may be another line of business that Ascension Sports Partners comes out with. Um, but I think, you know, I need to, you know, I needed to kind of hone in on where my strengths were and where I felt like I could add the most value to my customers. And that's yeah. both clients, that's both clients and candidates um, that would go out there. Those are the two. And then personally, I mean, I think it was definitely, uh, you know, it was good. And I think I'm not alone in saying this, that, you know, I think it really appreciated the time I got to spend with my family. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of people who said that after this of how important that is that you have that, you know, kind of that the, the surrounding support team in your business life. I mean, mental health, you know, mental health and wellness is becoming so crucial in, in, in all fa- you know, facets of life, whether it's sports entertainment or just general life or business that, you know, there were times when, you know, I needed the support system and, and the pandemic gave me those reasons to say, I'm going to go on an hour walk with my family. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to go and make sure that we sit at dinner every night and I'm going to hear how my daughter's days were, what was good, what was, you know, what wasn't so good and how my wife is doing, how, you know, how is her day going? Um, she's a teacher in the district that we live in here in, in Cincinnati. So making sure she was good. And I think being there for one another just then translated to, you know, we we joked about it before the the camera started rolling everyone that, you know, it's very easy to spin and look at the negative right now, but there is some positive that came out of it. And I think our industry is so good about, it was, it was amazing to see the people who are willing to help each other. I mean, just really, really willing to help each other. And I think that stems with, we've got a good support system in our industry. I mean, whether you, you know it or not, there are people out there that are happy to listen to you. You know what I mean? Like that they're there and they're always open for a call. So I, I think it just gave me a kind of a, a mental check of make sure that I'm doing okay and that, you know, things will be okay and to have people who will listen to me as I, as I move forward. Yeah, no, I mean, I think those are all, all great. And you were the first person I actually asked that to. So uh, you, you've now set a template. For, Beta case. For yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Now, you know. No one can steal my answers now. I'm just kidding. No, uh, you, they'll, 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 well, they can, they can steal your answers. They'll be cribbing from Dan. You yeah. can't steal anybody <laughs> else's answers is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, I will take, so, uh, I will take future, uh, you know, proceeds or what, you know, you know, what is it? The, uh, you know, a royalty the, check. Will yeah, be royalties your way. That's right. So. Uh, that's that's it. Yeah, I, I mean, I wrote down my answers in case you got jammed. So, yeah. uh, but I'll, I'll save. I could either if you want to hear them, I will uh, share. I do. Them, I do not, want to. I hear will them. save them for later. Uh, <laughs> I do well, want to hear them. Yeah. Well, okay. So that you know, the three things I wrote down was like you know, I learned uh, much like you that like really to take the time to figure out what's important. You know, because it's um, it goes without saying uh, that everybody was on a hamster wheel before before this whole thing started and um I, I i guess i'll speak for myself and say that like you know was it always something that you were doing consciously and your the answer is probably no um you know because like some great idea would come forward or some great opportunity would come up and you would just say you'd reflexively say yes to it or like look into it or like you'd chase something down and you know the thing I try to teach people too is that like to be successful, to have a good strategy, it requires you making a decision about things that you won't do, right? It's easy to make decisions about picking what to do. It's very difficult to say no to things. Okay. And, um, you know, and there's so many people who try to like, oh, well, I can multitask this or I can just squeeze some more. And I go, you can't do your best work on everything, right? So you have to take a step back. Um, you know, the second thing was, is like really like, I, I, and I think this kind of goes hand in hand with what's important was the ability to focus, right? Regain that ability to focus. And the final one is reinvention, right? Like, you know, because it's, I, I, I guess they all sort of fit together. You know, it's like, what's, what matters? But I mean, you know, and, I, and I'm very open about this. It's like, I've gone back to, I took some cl- a bunch of classes during the time, like the time that we, everything was down um, because I wasn't traveling. So I took a you know, a class on entrepreneurship for consultants. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, Dave's like, Dave's like, give me the name for that one afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I took a brand management class and I took a, a marketing strategy class. And I took, and the one I'm most proud of is I took a class, a certificate program from Cambridge in the UK. So I can say, so I can make, so I can make a joke. That yeah. What do Dave and Charles Darwin have in common? We both have credentials from Cambridge yeah. uh, on, on corporate strategy. Uh, yeah. And that joke probably won't get old at least for another week or two. And <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's right. That's good. Uh, I, I like I like that, but uh, I like these. Yeah, these are. I mean, but it, you know, I, and I think that it's important for people to reflect on these things and to understand. Um, to try to draw what little bit of good from something like this you can out because. Lord knows that it can can continue to still feel pretty um, bleak and doom and gloom if you're not careful. And I think, you know, it doesn't I don't want to fall over into the world of toxic uh, toxic positivity um, because, I you know, you have to be conscious of like, that you know, things aren't as great as they could be. You know, and we're still very uncertain. But the thing is, is like you can't be overwhelmed by the darkness. You have to like look for the light. Dan, I'm moving towards the light. Yeah, you know, I, I I didn't know this was going to be you know one of the one of these podcasts where it's we're all turning into positivity and you know we'll be you know kind of it's spreading it forward. But no, you're 100 percent correct. I mean, it, positivity is contagious, and you know when you hear positive things from other folks, you just you do kind of look at it a little differently, going, well, you know what, maybe maybe that is a good thing. You know, maybe you know maybe what in my life is a you know is a positive thing that comes out of this. So, mm-hmm. yeah, well, again, I don't want to be. Uh, the, all you got to do is read the secret because I know that that's BS. Yeah. But, you you know, you, you can like you have to. It's not that you can't. You have to look for things that are positive to keep you going. Right. Yeah. Because if not, it becomes a doom loop. And we, can't, we none of us need that. You know, so like I, those are the things I've uh, I've definitely hung on to. And, you know, and I'm glad I was glad to hear like the ones you did, because, I mean, the kids like being a chauffeur of my son, the soccer matches all over. I've gone almost to North from North Carolina to like <laughs> Pennsylvania, I think at this point, but he, you know, he loves it. And, uh, you know, it's been great to be able to do it for him. Yeah. Um, so Dan, where do we find you on the internet? So or, you, or did, first, before I say that, did I miss anything? Did we hit everything? You know, I mean, I think, I, you know, I mean, the only other thing I would say is, you know, as you go out there is, you know, for the, for the younger candidates or the students that listen to your podcast and, you know, is, the tangible skills are important, but I can't stress enough the intangible skills is the, you know, you'll hear the buzzword a thousand times of soft skills and emotional intelligence. Do not sleep on those. And that is what's really going to separate you from the crowd um, of getting out there is, you know, are you great at listening? Are you great at communicating? And that's verbally, that's in person, that's over email, that's written, you know what I mean? That, that can be taken in a lot of ways. And, you know, I, as I talk with students uh, and I tell them, you know, it's no longer good enough just to identify a problem. Like you need to come up, you know, people, the expectation is I need you to come up with a couple solutions and they may not be the solutions that we choose and they may not be the solutions that ultimately are the ones chosen, but like you've got, it's not good enough anymore. Like you need to think through and be a critical thinker of what is, what is a possible solution to get this fixed? Because that is what is going to continue to push our industry in the right direction moving forward. And that doesn't need, again, you know, and you touched on, this doesn't even necessarily need to be just sports and entertainment specific. This is just general business, you know, business specific. Um, Too many times I talk to students and, you know, a, I'm not sure they're going to get a position within sports entertainment. And unfortunately B like I sometimes shake my head saying, I don't know where they're finding a job in general. You know what I mean? Cause we've, we've slipped, you know, we've slipped yeah. so far and I, you know, and I think college and universities, you know, and um, you know, we could be doing a better job collectively of kind of reinforcing those soft skills to these students yes. so that they're prepared when they come in, they're ready to go. And, you know, that, you know, we can always see the ones who stand out in a crowd, but there's a lot of other, you know, a lot of other kids and a lot of other students who are just, they just have never been taught that. And they just don't understand how important it is. And once you kind of get it out of them, they're rare, they're ready to go and they could be the next superstar. So um, that would be the one thing that, you know, I kind of would leave as, as, as we look through this, that I just, I always stress to everybody that I talk with. So. 
That's awesome. Okay, so now where do we find you on the internet? Where do you find me on the internet? Um, so the website is uh, ascension-sports.net. Um, you can find me there. You can find me on Twitter at drosetti24. Um, I will candidly admit that I'm slowly getting an Instagram, you know, kind of Instagram page going. <laughs> um, I don't do TikTok. I don't do, you know, I don't do some of the other things. Oh, um, I know. TikTok. Way to get Dan on TikTok. That'll be awesome. <laughs> I would just embarrass my oldest daughter as a freshman in school. So, um, but Twitter is where you really can find me hanging out. I, I just, I, I, maybe it's my, my short attention span now, but I, I kind of like the, you know, the little bits of content that come out here and there, but those are the key places. And then, uh, you know, email, uh, it's just Dan at Ascension dash sports.net. And, uh, anybody listening, if you have questions, always feel free. I think anybody in the industry would tell you about me that I am more than happy to always give people time. You know, I'm always happy. It may not be on your time, but I'm always happy to give people 20 to 30 minutes of just listening to, hey, I'm, I'm struggling trying to trying to move into the next position. Hey, I've got this interview coming up. What do you think? Hey, what do you th you know my background, Dan? What do you think of this? You know, this opportunity? Does this make sense for me? If you're a college student, I do. I talk to you as well, you know, because I want to help the next generation get into the industry I and mean, if i can be a resource for them i'm that you know that's what i want to do so yeah yeah I, I mean everybody that listens to this thing knows i do the same thing yeah. it's like you never uh are at a loss if you need to ask me a question so i'm glad I, I appreciate that you're you do that as well so uh dan thanks so much for doing this yeah, no, this has been great. I really appreciate it, Dave, and uh, have a great holiday and, uh, you know, on holiday season as you head into 2022 and look forward to uh, what brings us, you know, within the, the sports entertainment industry next year. So let me know what you thought about my conversation with Dan Rossetti by sending me an email. It is my name, Dave at DaveWakeman.com. Check out my website, DaveWakeman.com. As I mentioned at the start, I'm running this cohort course, I'm trying to create this thing on pricing. I'm looking to register interest. I'm working with a company called Maven to help build the course. And the first step in it is to see how much demand, how interested people really are in learning about how to set the right price. So there are some links in the show notes today. Uh, there is a link in the newsletter every week. Uh, take about 30 seconds and fill that thing out for me. All right, please. Check out my friends at Booking Protect. Like I mentioned at the start, I will be at Booking Protect's booth at Intix this year in Orlando, and we will probably be doing some podcasting and some fun stuff. But check them out, bookingprotect.com. Look at, there's really interesting data that has shown the accelerated rate of people taking up refund protection since tickets have gone on sale uh, after lockdowns have eased. Uh, it's really like a great idea to investigate offering refund protection right now because people are still hesitant to go to shows and events because of fears around the pandemic. It's in every piece of research that we see. Um, this is causing people challenges. So you might want to look at refund protection. That's bookingprotect.com. As always, I'm so glad for you being here. And I know that we've been saying this for a while now, but the pandemic's still going on. If you're feeling run down, beat up, whatever, send me a note. Let me know. I'll make some time to talk to you, okay? Until And thank you for always for listening. Uh, people still listen to the podcast. It's great. Uh, so thank you for being here. Uh, happy holidays because we are in the midst of the holiday season. So I'll talk to you soon. Take it easy. <laughs>